Talk 1110 wbt Pete Callender here. The phone number is 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. There is no good way to spin what happened with Joe Biden yesterday. There just isn't. There isn't. Either Joe Biden knows that former Congresswoman, the late Representative Jackie Walorski, he either knows she is dead and looked for her in the crowd, or he doesn't know she is dead and looked for her in the crowd. Neither one of those options are good. And so the White House is trying to convince us they are uh, they're they're peeing on our boots and telling us it's raining. They're trying to convince us that the only reason he looked for a dead woman that he totally knows is dead, the only reason he said that was because she was top of mind. Top of mind. Because he's getting ready to sign a bill honoring her legacy and her work. And so when he read her name out uh, as doing work on it and said, hey, where's Jackie? Oh, she was going to be here. She was going to be here. That, that, that he said that because he was thinking of her. And so I guess when he thinks of people that are dead, he thinks they're there and he calls out to them. That's what we are to believe. This is the official spin from the White House. By the way, um, if he doesn't know she's dead, that opens up more questions. If he doesn't know she's dead, she died in a car accident, made all the news. It's like six weeks ago. The White House put out a statement signed by him and his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, right? They ordered the flags, flown at half staff in her memory. So if he doesn't know she's dead, now you have two other questions that immediately pop up. First off, did he forget? Did he forget she was dead? And that's why he doesn't know. Or... Did he ever know? Did anybody ever tell him? And that raises some more questions, right? If nobody ever told him, if no one ever told him that she had died, but put out a statement under his name and Dr. Jill's name, put that out, maybe maybe Dr. Jill knew, but Joe didn't. So now you start getting into questions of who's actually calling the shots? What else doesn't he know? What other things are you not telling him but sending out statements about? For example, the student loan cancellation, right? Maybe you guys did that. To what extent and who is running things? See what I mean? There are a whole lot of questions, and I think that's what Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, I think this is what she was trying to, uh, to head off. Because otherwise, why would you why would you answer this question the way she did, right? Whenever you are confused by the results you are seeing, reassess your assumptions, right? The assumption is that she's trying to protect Biden. Maybe not so. Maybe she's trying to protect other people that are actually making some of these decisions. Again, I'm just going where the questions lead me, and she's not answering them. And the answer she's giving raise all of these other follow-up questions. That, to their credit, people in that press briefing, they started sniffing around this issue. Now, I have heard 
that um, these stories, I've got one from the New York Times, I've got one from NBC News, that these stories are being done as a sort of uh, shot across the bow. This is a warning to Biden and his handlers, his, his uh, advisors. They're saying, don't you run again. This will you will not be able to withstand these kinds of stories as they become more and more prevalent. And at the end of that soundbite, I'll play it again. At the end of the soundbite, you hear a reporter from Al Jazeera English. Al Jazeera English is the station or network screaming at the being rude, as Karine Jean-Pierre said, being rude, screaming at the uh, press secretary that Americans are seeing this. It's quite obvious what is occurring here. He was confused. The more times this happens, the more people see it and the more questions are raised. And you have to address this better than you have addressed it so far. All right, let me get over here to the phone lines. Uh, First up is uh, Pete. Welcome to the program. Pete, love the name. Welcome. Yeah, man. Great name. Thank you. Hey, uh, Pete, I need you to go a little easy here. Okay. Yeah. Um i tell you what, I'm going to give you two words to explain myself that will explain me. Kamala Harris. Fair enough. Okay, so, you know, Biden's Mensa compared to Kamala Harris. Well, so here's, uh, right, now Now I'm going to make you feel uh, even worse, which is, how do you know she's not already doing this stuff? Doing what? Well, I mean... Uh, you, we don't have any idea okay. who... We yeah, don't, yeah. Let me tell you, Pete, I'll tell you what. Because she would make it look worse than even Biden. Oh, well, fair point. That, well, yeah, fair point. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, thank, thank you, sir. Pete. All right, I appreciate thank it. That's a fair point. Let me go over to Jimmy. Welcome to the show. Hello, Jimmy. Hey, Pete. Hey, what's up? Well, it's quite obvious. You know, Joe Biden, is he keeps inflation in check, and, you know, he unites people, and he keeps the border locked down. It's obviously he can see dead people. Right. He's uh, Haley Joel Osmond. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He is that you know that would actually that does make a bit of sense. Now he sees dead people. She said that she said he talks to like Abraham Lincoln and George Washington all the time. <laughs> Maybe he's oh, you remember the scandal around Nancy Reagan because she talked to like an astrologer or a tarot card reader or something all those years ago, and and the left had a field day with it, right? So maybe maybe this is the course of action. Be like, yeah, he talks to dead people. Uh, what? You know, this is one of his gifts, one of his many gifts. It's yeah. Poss- yeah. <laughs> That's possible. All right, Jimmy, I appreciate it. Yeah, he is uh, He's Haley Joel Osmond. Which, by the way, like, you can't watch another movie by M. Night Shyamalan, right? You can't, like, now I, I expect all of the twists, right? I think of the craziest twist I can think of, and it's like, Boom. Like, spoiler alert, you know? It's a great movie, though. I went back and watched it afterwards, now knowing. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry. I did. All right, if you haven't seen the movie Sixth Sense, I apologize. I ruined it. But, the yeah, the kid can see dead people. So, um, I know I'm not going to say the other part of it. No, I won't say the other part of the spoiler. That's the big spoiler. Um, but there isn't a good way for the White House to explain this except for maybe saying that he can see dead people. That Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe he can. And, uh, that's why he was expecting to see 
the deceased congresswoman. And maybe the White House just doesn't want to scare people. They don't want they don't want us to look at him like differently, you know, because he sees dead people. That's another reference to the movie. Maybe that's what's going on here. Or maybe people will start asking him, you know, like, hey, uh, can you uh, make contact with my dead relative? Hey, can you, you know, like the doctor at the family picnic, they get, you know, hit up for all the free medical advice. Like, oh, hey, there's your nephew and he's a doctor. Oh, hey, I got this pain. Can you check this out? You know, you don't want to be, you don't want to do that to him at all of the family gatherings and all these events. Be like, hey, I know we're here for this hunger thing, but, um, you know, could you possibly like make contact with my dead mom and, tell her that I, I love her and I'm sorry. Like maybe that's what they want to avoid doing. Like, Oh, can you tell me this person ran away all these years ago? Are they still alive? You don't want to, eh, you know, it's like the dead zone. You don't want to, you don't want to be that, uh, that bogged down with that kind of, that kind of uh, burden. Eh, it's possible. But at this point, you, I mean, you got to come up with some kind of an explanation because right now you're just saying top of mind means I forget you're dead. If I'm thinking about you, I forgot you're dead. And I don't know what that means for his son. Like, did somebody, maybe somebody could throw that out. Well, what about Bo? What about your son, Bo? Does he ever think Bo is in the room with him? Does he ever call out for Bo in the room with him? Like, because that's kind of weird as an explanation. This is kind of a weird explanation, no? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email, by the way, is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Also, uh, you can hit me up on the Twitter machine at Pete Calendar. Um, Where I got this one from Ikifu, who says, Pete, Biden's short-term memory is Swiss cheese. And... Uh, Ray says, you keep naming songs and bands with unintelligible lyrics. Unfortunately, you have overlooked the most obvious and probably the innovator of the unintelligible lyrics. Credence, Clearwater, Revival, and John Fogarty. He is the OG. The rest are just imitators. That is, that is true. That is true. Well, Elton John as well. Right? But, I mean, he, but John, Fogarty can't even blame an accent. Right? He can't even say, I'm British. You know, they're hard to understand a lot of times. I think it's the teeth. Anyway, uh, Joe Biden, what he said, calling out for a dead congresswoman. Where is she? Oh, she said she's going to be. I thought she's going to be here. As he, she was going to be here is what he said. Where's Jackie? Jackie, are you here? Oh, she was going to be here. Literally what he said at an event yesterday, six weeks after she died in a car accident that he expressed condolences for. That, this is not a gaffe, right? And it's definitely not like the old gaffe in, uh, was it the Kinsley definition? Michael Kinsley, the old uh, you know DC journalist guy, uh, used to be on the McLaughlin group. Wrong! Like, well, he, well, that was McLaughlin. But uh, Kinsey was the guy, or Kinsley, was the guy, uh, Kinsey? Kinsley? Kinsley? You remember Kinsley with an L? I think so, yeah. Go with the gut, Pete. It's bigger than the brain. Um, so the the... The guy said the gaffe is uh, in Washington parlance. It is a. Uh, it's when you uh, inadvertently say something that's true, right? That's that's what a DC gaffe is. Okay, this is not a gaffe, but that is what some folks in the media are trying to convince us of. They're trying to conflate 
what Biden said yesterday as a gaffe, and it is not a gaffe. And that's almost what the White House wants us to believe when Corinne Jean-Pierre tells us that, oh, it's, he, you know, she was top of mind. She was on the top of his mind or something. And that's why he looked for a dead woman in the crowd and thought she was going to be here. No, he got confused. He's 78 years old and he got confused or he didn't know. Those are the options, right? Those are the legitimate options. He didn't know. Or he was confused. But you've got media. This is NPR. Biden calls out for late Representative Jackie Walorski at White House hunger event. Uh, this, by the way, this, these comments where he called out happened after they rode in on the, uh, the chariot that was on fire. It happened afterwards. So maybe it was like the car show when he was at the Detroit Auto Show and he said the pandemic is over and then they tried to clean that up, remember? And they were like, oh, the reason he said it was over was because he was just, you know, distracted by all the shiny cars. Maybe that's what happened at the hunger event. You know, they come in on the flaming chariot and they're like, oh, my gosh, there's a flaming chariot. Oh, my gosh, where's the dead person? Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I'm just trying to keep my options available here, you know, try to see all the angles. So here's NPR. At an afternoon briefing, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre did not acknowledge that Biden had misspoken. She told reporters, many of whom pressed her to elaborate, that Walorski had been top of mind for Biden as he named the Hunger Conference's congressional champions. And the president, she said, will be honoring Walorski on Friday at a signing uh, with the signing of a bill to name a VA clinic in Indiana after her. This uh, that is what he was thinking of. He was thinking about her, Jean-Pierre said. Now, look. If the NPR story ended right there, uh, that would be fine, I would think, because they would just be telling the story straight up. They're like, here's what he said. Here's what uh, the reporters asked. Here's her response. And that's it, right? Put a bow on it. Story is done. But no, NPR can't can't help but carry the water, right? So they're going to give us some context. So here's the context. Subhead. Biden has a history of making gaffes. Biden has previously called himself a gaff machine, a nod to his long history of verbal missteps. Ah, so we're going to we're going to chalk this up to another in a long line of verbal missteps. As president, he has made a number of gaffes. For example, a year ago, he forgot the name of Scott Morrison, the then prime minister of Australia. While talking to him, okay, critics have questioned whether his age, so that, so this is, they're writing it off as a gaffe, okay, and then they say, critics have questioned whether his age is an impediment, the oldest person to hold the office, it's not, it's not his age, okay, NPR folks, the age is not the problem, the age is not the context you're looking for, this is not the context you are looking for, okay, this, it's not his age, it's his declining mental acuity. If he were acting like this and saying these things and he was 10 years younger, 20 years younger, people would still have the same kinds of questions. It's just more pronounced and obvious because of his age. It's more, right? It's, just, it, it, it's a little bit more obvious for folks to make the connection. But if he was 68 years old and he was seeing dead people or asking for dead people, we would be asking, is he okay? Because that's what people do when you look around for somebody you know is dead. 
you generally get some people around you that are going to be like, are you feeling okay? Uh, you, you know that person passed away six weeks ago. Remember, you put out a statement and everything. That's the normal response. What, what the White House is doing is not a normal response. And that's concerning. So NPR is trying to conflate what Biden did yesterday, looking around the audience for a dead congresswoman that we are led to believe by the White House press secretary that Biden totally knows she died. It was, but this is a gaffe. That's it's just a gaffe. This is what NPR is trying to uh, to to float. Right, they're going to run this up the flagpole, see who salutes. It's just a gaffe. See, Biden has a history of making gaffes. They say verbal missteps. By the way, should I point out here because NPR doesn't? Joe Biden did have like a couple of mini aneurysms. You know that, right? Yeah, he had like some hemorrhaging occur. Years ago, years ago. So is that related to the the verbal missteps? Is that why he lied about graduating as, you know, what, what place in his class and how many degrees he had and plagiarizing people's speeches and like all of the lies that this man has told in like 70 years in the Senate, right? Okay, it's only like 50, but still, like he... All of the lies, like, it, 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 are these just all gaffes, all these missteps, these verbal missteps? But it's just, oh, that's just Joe verbally misstepping his way to the presidency, right? And then they backstop that with the, quote, critics have questioned whether his age is an impediment. Again, pointing out just real quick that it's not his age. It's the mental faculties. And then they prop that up with, the 60 Minutes interview, which we played, what, last week, I think, right? Last, or was it this Monday? Um, with Scott Pelley, where Scott Pelley said, uh, you know, the whether his age is, uh, asked him whether his age is, uh, is a problem. Critics say, you know. And, and what did Joe Biden say? He said it relates to how much energy you have. And whether or not the job you're doing is one consistent with what any person of any age would be able to do. See, again, they're focusing on the age because it 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 forces you to discuss a thing. This is the Mott and Bailey, right? This is the is a debate strategy. It forces you to debate the thing that obviously nobody. I mean, you don't want to be accused of like being an ageist, but nobody has a problem with somebody who is 75. And is sharp as a tack. But if you're 75 and you're looking for dead people at events, then people are going to be concerned. Not that you're 75, that you're looking for the dead people. Yeah, that's the problem. It's not the age, but this is what NPR wants you to focus on. Oh, how dare they? Going after poor Joe Biden because he's old. Old people are people too. So that's NPR. And then we've got the New York Times, which ran virtually an identical headline to NBC News. They both say Biden asks whether deceased congresswoman is at White House event. New York Times, the president appeared to be confused at her absence 
and said something under his breath about whether she had planned to be at the event. Kudos to the New York Times, by the way. This is in like sentence. This is the third sentence. Good for them. Mr. Biden did not correct himself during the remarks, but the incident quickly went viral on Twitter and other social media platforms with some people. That's right, folks. Seizing on the moment. You know what that means, right? This is Operation Seizy Pounce. Commence, right? Republicans must be pouncing. If they're not pouncing, they are seizing. So they seized on the moment as evidence that Mr. Biden, who is 79, lacks the mental capacity to be president. See, some people, some people are seizing on this question. Well, not just some people. Obviously, all of the freaking reporters at the White House press briefing that asked about it are... Right. They're asking about it for the same reason, because it is obviously a sign that something is not good. The president's political opponents have been pushing that attack since he took office. White House officials have consistently rejected the charge, saying Mr. Biden remains intellectually engaged and sharp. After the president's remarks, Karine Jean-Pierre the White House press secretary refused to acknowledge that Mr. Biden had misspoken or that he had forgotten that Ms. Walens, uh, Walorski had died. Why? So one of the reporters said, why, if she's top of mind, does the president think that she's living and in the room? Right. Jean-Pierre responded, that uh, by the end, I've answered it multiple times already in this room, and my answer is certainly not going to change. All of you may have views on how I'm answering it, but I am answering the question to the way that he saw it and the way that we see it. So, okay, the way you see it. So you are either blind or you are engaged in a grand deceit, right? Because that is not an explanation. It's not a legitimate explanation. It's not. So the obvious conclusion that I draw is he was confused or he doesn't know she's dead. Those are the options. In my view, it's not that, oh, she's top of mind and that's why he went looking for a dead woman. No, that's not. That is irrational. It is illogical. It is, dare I say, stupid. Okay? That is a stupid thing to say. But the White House says stupid things. So uh, I conclude that he is either confused or he doesn't know. Either way, either way, that means there are a lot of questions about who is handling him, who is advising him. Because if he's confused, who's actually calling the shots? Who's writing these speeches? Who's dictating policy? Who's uh, setting the agenda? Who, who is doing these things? Multiple people, right? I understand you delegate authority. I understand the presidency. You know, it's not just one person. There are all these other advisors around them. And then you got to delegate this stuff out. I get all of that. But who are the handlers? If he's confused, who are the handlers? If he's confused, is he able to actually perform the duties of the office? Or he doesn't know she's dead. That's possible. Doesn't know she's dead. But they sent out a statement. They lowered the flags. They're naming a, a VA clinic after her on Friday. 
So if he doesn't know she's dead, why did all those things happen? See, now, this raises the question of his handlers, right? This is why I suspect Corinne Jean-Pierre could not answer in a non-stupid way, right? Because it the, the obvious explanations lead you to ask questions about who's actually calling the shots. And if you start asking those questions, you're not going to like the answers and you're not going to like what happens afterwards. It's yet another example for all of my, my criticism of Donald Trump. He speaks in word salad, right? But it's another example of how the arguments against Trump that came from the left are so applicable to their guy. It is amazing. It really is amazing, right? They were talking about exercising the 25th Amendment, right? Got to get rid of Trump. I remember seeing pictures of uh, Donald Trump standing at some event, and they're like, look at how he's leaning forward on his toes. That's one of the signs of dementia. You had all these people that were, you know, pointing to all of these signs and symbols and doing their diagnoses off of Facebook. And it's like, this is obvious. The guy is in mental decline. He's not all there. We got to remove him and all this. And now you have a guy up there who's who's calling out for dead people. And it's like, <laughs> oh, 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 what? Well, what graveyard? Give me a break. Give me a break. This is obvious. Anybody who has been around somebody who is in decline like this, knows. Everyone knows. There is a look in his eye. I've talked about this before. and I, this, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this to be mean. I'm not trying to be offensive, antagonistic or anything. I had my grandfather. He suffered from Alzheimer's. He had dementia. And there is a similarity. There is something there. You can see it. People who know, know. Speaking of Alzheimer's, um, major drug trial just found, yeah, just found a new drug, lecanamab, 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 lecanamab. I don't even know. what What is with this word? L-E-C-A-N-E-M-A-B. Lacanamab, lacanamab, lacanamab. Okay. Anyway, so this new drug, and it shows that uh, the major drug trial, and uh, there this drug significantly slowed Alzheimer's disease, making it the first medicine to blunt progression of the most common dementia in a definitive large-scale trial. This is fantastic news. We'll get to more of that in a minute. That's R.E.M. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, let me get Stan on here before uh get back into this Alzheimer's drug. Hello, Stan. Welcome to the program. How are you? Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing today, Pete? Hey. I just want to make a point. Does this mean, then, that, that anything that Joe Biden has signed since this condition started could be declared illegal? Like, in North Carolina, that's what they did in the court ruling. Right. If Yeah. If we're going to use the theory advanced by Democrats in North Carolina on the voter ID law, this usurper legislature argument, then 
Yeah, why wouldn't everything he signed into law become nullified? Because if he wasn't able to perform the duties of the office, then... Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the trillion-dollar student loans, uh, the pull-out of Afghanistan, he could wake up one day and go, I signed what? Yeah, it's possible. Unless, well, unless they want to make the... Look, I, I suspect what's going to happen is uh, he's not going to run again uh, for re-election. I suspect that that's where this is headed, but they don't want to say anything like that before the midterms. Um, but I suspect he's not going to. That's but I mean, look, that's a prediction, and it's completely worthless, right? But I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and think that they're acting in a rational way. But on the other hand, you got people that are invested in this model as it's operating, and there and I don't know who those people are. So they may try to run him again. I don't know how he'd be able to actually campaign, though. If it, I mean, because it seems like it's getting worse, right? I mean, after after this, though, it's Kamala, um, Pelosi, and Blinken. Would you rather have Biden in this condition or one of them three? Well, at least with one of, the, I mean, if it's, I mean, it would be Harris, right? At least with yeah. her, um, I know it's her, right? <laughs> well, that's true. With Biden, I don't know. Like, who's who's doing this stuff? What is there? Who do we question on this stuff, right? Because if you sit Biden down and he thinks he's in charge and he's doing all of these things and, and this is his agenda, but then he does stuff like this and I'm not too clear. And so now I've got questions about who are his handlers, who are his advisors, who are actually doing these things. And if I start thinking in those terms now, well, hell, I'd like to talk to them, but I don't know who they are. Right, well. So at least with Harris, I would know who it is, and then we could listen to her word salad, uh, you know, story like she's reading story time uh, to kindergartners and explaining really hard concepts without explaining really hard concepts. Like uh, that, that would be the president, and I, I don't know if she. I mean, I guess you'd probably want it, but yeah, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of political calculations going on about this stuff. I have no idea, but it's it. I don't know how you look at what he just did, along with all of the other stuff he has said. I don't know, how, and done, you know, the shaking hands with, with phantom people, and I, I just, I don't know. I, it's not, it doesn't look good. Stan, I, I appreciate the call. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, you. no, it's a, it's a fair question. I don't know what happens. I don't think that, well, and that's, it gets back to what I said earlier, is that there is, there is a certain analysis that exists that suggests the media coverage of what he just said that the media coverage is the warning to him and to the advisors, the handlers, whoever it is, the Ron Clains, the people that are like, quote, pulling the strings. Right. And I don't know if they're pulling strings. I, I don't I don't know. Nobody does. See, that's the problem. Right. That's the problem. So. There is an analysis that suggests the people who are focusing on this in the mainstream legacy corporate media outlets, they're they're focusing on it and they're asking these questions now because they are sending a warning sim, uh, signal to uh, the Biden world folks do not run this guy again like we'll protect you for as long as we can but you you better show us that you're not going to run again and as, and and if he keeps making mistakes like this i i, I think it just becomes more and more obvious I think it already is. I think most people, I think that's why his approval numbers are really, really low, too. I think there's a a portion of that that's embedded in those low approval numbers. I mean, yes, the economy, crime, immigration, all of these big issues. But I think there is 
built into that there is a suspicion about his mental state. Um, all right, so let me get back to the story. Bloomberg.com reports. Uh, it's Bloomberg, so this is their focus uh, initially. Shares of, is it Esai Company and its partner Biogen surged after they reported that a drug significantly slowed Alzheimer's disease, making it the first medicine to blunt progression of the most common dementia in a definitive large-scale trial. The drug is called lecanemab. Lecanemab, I think. Reduced the pace of cognitive decline in people with early disease by 27% over 18 months when compared with a placebo, which met the main goal of the trial. The benefits do come with side effects, including brain swelling and bleeding. Those severe cases were rare. I did not know that there is a there's a not severe case of brain bleeding. Uh, brain bleeding. That sounds bad. Brain bleeding sounds bad. So does swelling of the brain. I mean, unless you're like you know studying really hard and then your brain gets real big, you know. Um, it's science. Eli Lilly and Company, along with Roche Holding AG, which are developing similar drugs, also uh, saw their stocks increase because they're working on similar stuff. While it appears to unambiguously slow the disease, the medicine does not restore mental capacity or totally stop its loss. It just slows it down. Still good news. Still promising. Glad that they've got a breakthrough here. But be realistic about what, it, you know, what exactly it does and doesn't do. Uh, the Alzheimer's Association welcomed the results, saying that they were the most encouraging findings to date from drugs aimed at treating the underlying causes of the disease. Uh, Lecanemab is already being reviewed by U.S. regulators under a special accelerated approval pathway. The company said that they would apply for full U.S. clearance by the end of March, which could eventually lead to broad coverage by the Medicare insurance program for the elderly. Uh, there are, as I mentioned, some serious side effects. But remember, it said uh, that it's uh, severe cases are very rare. Let me read to you this part. In the study involving almost 1,800 patients, 21% experienced brain swelling or brain bleeding. 21%. But that's compared with 9% that was on a placebo. Okay. So like almost three, two and a half times the, the, the rate there of the brain bleeding and the swelling. It's interesting that 9% already had the brain bleed and swell. That, uh, while most cases were asymptomatic, 2.8% of the people on the drug had symptomatic brain swelling. Symptomatic brain swelling. Okay. So there, there's the, uh, I mean, again, it's a positive development. I am glad to hear it. Uh, but, you know, keep in mind, it's, it's just the first step. Uh, speaking of first steps and Alzheimer's, by the way, uh, we got a bunch of big events coming up uh, for the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, for example, this is they got the big walk, the 2022 walk to end Alzheimer's. Uh, Gaston, Cleveland, Lincoln County, they got the big one. This is coming up on uh, the 8th, October 8th. And uh, you can go to their website, which I had here, and now it's 
Where's it go? It's like act ALZ. Oh, I didn't print that page. Anyway, well, I'm actually going to be there. So uh, it's on, yeah, it's, you can register at 9 a.m. They got an opening ceremony at 10 a.m. And the walk is at 1030. It's on October 8th. Uh, so you can look up the Alzheimer's Association. It's going to be uh, at the uh, Rotary Centennial Pavilion, South Street, North South Street uh, in Gastonia. ALZ.org is the website. Uh, and if you want to put together a walk team and that sort of stuff, there's all sorts of opportunities to do that. Hope to see you out there. Thanks for all the support uh, for the organization as well. Uh, it's a cause close to my heart. And uh, so if you can help out, we appreciate it. All right. Brett Winterbull's coming up next. Stay tuned. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.